0: Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. All right, y'all, we have been, uh, since January, we have been talking about growing our, our spiritual life, how to grow um, in our spiritual life. We've talked about some practical things, we've talked about things like um, how to go from a me first lifestyle to a you first lifestyle. We've talked about going from a duty lifestyle to living a lifestyle of devotion and of love for Jesus. We've talked about going from a follower to a leader. We talked about our influence circles and how God has placed you with the people in your life today on, for a specific purpose. And God has placed you there to influence them for his kingdom. Uh, We've talked about being an ambassador of our faith, about representing Jesus in all areas of our life, in our family, in our work, and in our community. Um, And then last week, we talked about going from a weak faith standpoint to a strong faith and how to fight for your faith, um, to have your spiritual low to become a spiritual high. Uh, So today will be our last topic, our last time talking about this. Um, We're never talking about spiritual growth again. Um, You will never hear me talk about spiritual growth again. Uh, That's not true. We obviously will talk about that every week, but not so intently as what we have done uh, in the past couple of months, the past month and a half. Um, So today will be our last one in this series. So today, um, what we're going to talk about today could have been the very first sermon in this whole series. Um, The reason I saved it for the last uh, was because it's kind of like the tie that kind of holds everything else together. Like, if we're serious about um, going from a me first lifestyle to a you first lifestyle, we're gonna have to do what we talk about today. If we're serious about going from a follower to a leader, we're going to have to do what we're talking about today. If we're serious about, about being an ambassador and representing the Lord in our grow and having our faith grow, we're going to have to do what we're talking about today. What we're talking about today is what can Jesus do for us on the inside? What can Jesus do for us on the inside? Make no mistake about it. You can make any decision you want to in your life today, but it's the Lord who leads you where he wants you to go. You can decide today that you want to uh, go from living a me-first lifestyle to a you-first lifestyle, but it's the Lord that's going to grow that desire in your heart. Uh, Corinthians talks about we can plan it all we want to, But it's the Lord who makes it grow. It's God who leads us where he wants us to go. And anything that he leads us to do, he's leading us there for a specific purpose and a specific reason. And it's up to us whether we decide we are going to follow or not. You realize, right, our whole life, everything that we do on the outside starts on the inside, right? We've talked about this before. Our thoughts lead our life. Every action that we do starts with a thought. I thought about waking up this morning. I thought about getting out of bed. I got out of bed. I thought about going to use the bathroom. I used the bathroom. I thought, I got to put clothes on. I got clothes on. That's a wonderful thought to have. Amen? Amen. Yes. Wonderful. Maybe the best thought we've had all day. I got to put clothes on. Bam! I got clothes on. I'm going to come up old 49. I'm going to come up Farmer Denton Road and old 49 to get to Ashborough today. I come up old 40, or Farmer Denton Road, hit old 49, come to Ashborough. I thought, I'm going to go into the church. I come into the church. I thought, when I get to the church, I'm going to sit down at my desk. I sat down at my desk. Everything that we do in our actions starts with a thought. And it starts on the inside. The same way is true with our words. Jesus says in Matthew 12, 34, out of the overflow of the heart speaks the mouth. Whatever comes out here first starts here. Does that make sense? So everything that we do, everything that we say starts out on the inside of us. So that is why today I want us to take a few minutes to simply share with you with the word of what God can do for you on the inside, because whatever God is doing on the inside will come out on the outside. Amen. Uh, I believe one of the biggest dangers we find ourselves today um, is believing that the outside is all that matters. Believing that I can be live a good life on the outside, and that's good enough. You ever seen this? You ever been there? Talk to me. You've been there. We've all been there. I have some friends of mine. I have some buddies of mine in Denton. Some of my close boys, boys that I love to death. Boys that I can go over to their house at any time during the day and they will welcome me into their house. Boys that I can go over to their parents' house at any time during the day, night, or evening and they will welcome me in and treat me as I was, one, as I was their son. People that I love and that love me and care for me deeply. These boys are really good guys. They have helped me move more than once. Side note, if you have a friend in your life that helps you move one time, that's a good friend. If they help you move more than once, they deserve a free ticket to heaven. Right? These boys have, I've saw my man, my friend Jerry. Jerry is a man, man, tough Jerry, smart, smart as can be. He's a, got a PhD for crying out loud. I saw my man Jerry putting my silverware Forks, knives, spoons. In the little tray that's in our drawers, I said, Jerry, what are you doing? He said, I'm just trying to help out. I said, thanks, Jerry. You're the best. Jerry has come over to our house. He has hung ceiling fans in our house. He hooked up a hot water heater in my house. He's helped me move twice, three times. You count two times in one day, moving out, then moving in. Um, Jerry is my man. I have these boys in my life that are good, really good guys, have good hearts, they really love me, they help me, they take care of me. The problem is, their hearts are far from the Lord. How many of you know today you can look really good on the outside, but your heart still be far from the Lord on the inside? One of the greatest dangers we find ourselves today is to think what we do on the outside is good enough. Oh, I'm a good person. I help Michael move couple times. I say please and thank you. I hold the door open for people. I gave this guy on the side of the street $10 one time. I'm a good person. I haven't shot anybody. <laughs> I haven't killed anybody. That seems to be like the standard, right? If you kill somebody, you're, you've got no chance of getting into heaven. Um, I haven't, haven't cheated on my wife. Never stepped out on my husband. Like, I'm a good person. I'm going to heaven. I've done all the right stuff. I've even come to church. I serve at church. I helped out with the youth group. I make the coffee. I pick up the offering. All that stuff is good stuff. And congratulations for doing that. Thank you. The people around you appreciate it. But there is no way that that correlates to Christ-likeness. You can be really good on the outside. You can look really good on the outside. You can have your junk together on the outside but on the inside, still be far away from the Lord. The best example of this in scripture in the New Testament we see are the Pharisees. Jesus Christ himself looked at these Pharisees, the ones that were the elite of the religion, religious elite, the ones that were supposed to have their stuff together, the one that looked like they had all their stuff together, the ones that followed the law to the T. Jesus looked at these guys and said, you are a hypocrite. He said, you serve me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. What happens in our life today is we get really good at looking good on the outside. I am looking at some really good looking people this morning. Every one of you. How many times in your life have you went out to eat with some people and they ask you how it's going? You'll say, oh, it's wonderful. Everything's great. Couldn't be better. Job's great. Oh, my kids, they're great. But then when you get home, your life is a mess. Right? Can I be honest with you this morning? You come over to my house, my house is a mess. Literally and figuratively. (laughs) Literally, we got two kids. Like, You can't keep a clean house with two kids. Ashley, am I right or am I right? Davey, am I right? They got three kids. They know. They hadn't slept in six years, y'all. How old's Jay? Six? Five? Almost six? How old's the little one? Ain't slept in six years, y'all. Can we get a babysitter so they can go take a nap for the next 30 minutes? They would love to go downstairs and just lay down for a little bit. (laughs) There are times in our life where we try to fool people to make people think we got this junk together. Look at me. I look the part, I act the part. But when you get home, your marriage is terrible. Parenting skills, terrible. Kids have left the house, they don't listen, they rebelled, terrible. But we come here on Sunday mornings and somebody says, hey Ken, how you doing? Oh shoot man, can keep complain. Can't complain. The outside looks good, but the Lord's not looking at your outside. Jesus looks at the heart, Jesus looks at what's on the inside. And today I want to share with you two things of what the Lord can do for you on the inside. Because if we can get the inside right, if we can get the heart right, if we can get the inside where God wants it to be, guess what is a byproduct of having our inside in the right place? The outside follows. Because whatever happens here starts out here. Amen? So we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 2. If you have a Bible, turn it to Mark chapter 2. Uh, we'll be there in a couple of minutes. I want to give you a little background on the book of Mark here because it's important to our, to our study. Um, in the book of Mark, Mark was writing the book, this gospel to, um, to the Roman people. The Romans were all about action. The Romans liked action. They liked seeing stuff get done. So when you read through the book of Mark... What you will see is a lot of Jesus' actions. You will see Jesus moving. You'll see Jesus healing. You'll see Jesus doing miracles. You'll see Jesus casting out demons. You'll see a lot of action with Jesus. What you won't see is a lot of background history um, on Jesus. Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 15 is all the background you're going to get about Jesus. There's no birth story. There's no manger. There's no wise men. There's no magi. There's no Mary and Joseph. You don't get none of that with, with, with Mark. What you get with Mark is what Jesus is doing. In the book of Mark, Jesus is portrayed as a servant. We see all the things and all the ways that Jesus can do, what he can do, and how he does it. And so as we look at this this morning in Mark chapter 2, it comes across as Jesus being a servant. Remember, Jesus said himself, I came to what? Seek and to save the lost. He came to serve you. He came because you and I needed him. Jesus Christ saw himself not as one to be served, but to be a servant. So we get to Mark chapter 2 and we see what the servant Jesus Christ can do for us. Let's start at verse 1 and we're going to look at two quick things. Here we go. Matthew, or Matthew, Mark chapter two, verse one. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Verse three, some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then lowered the mat that the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, "Son, your sins are forgiven. Stop." So you got this picture, right? This is a famous story. This is one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture. You got this picture. Jesus was in a house preaching and teaching. Everybody come to hear. Is' not it amazing? When Jesus teaches the truth, people come to hear. You would think the truth would turn people off. But Jesus is teaching about heaven, teaching about the kingdom of God. And there were so many people there that there was no room to get in. I believe the church does a great disservice to people today when we teach anything other than the truth. For some reason, we have believed that we can teach the truth and it's gonna offend people. It's gonna turn people off. It's gonna turn people away. No, 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 my friends. The word of the Lord brings people in. The word of the Lord brings people to it. Why? Because people need to hear it. You need to hear it. People outside these doors need to hear it. And when it's preached and lived out and shared truthfully with wisdom and love and acceptance, guess what? People are attracted to it. It's contagious. People see it and they want some of it because they see what the word can do for you and they want it done for them. Amen? So you got this story here. The house was full. The paralyzed man wanted to get to Jesus to have his legs healed. He had four guys put him on a mat. They carried him up to the roof of the house. They cut a hole in there. They lowered him down right in front of Jesus. And what is the first thing Jesus said to him? Why is your sins forgiven? Because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. What do you think that guy was thinking at that very moment? You think he was like, wait a minute, I think why I came. (laughs) I come to get my legs fixed. I was carried in this house, I want to be able to walk out. And I know you can do it. I've heard you can do that kind of stuff, Jesus. I want my legs fixed. But Jesus said, son, because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. The first thing today that Jesus can do for you on the inside that will affect your outside is simply forgive you of your sins. There's no higher priority for Jesus in your life today than the forgiveness of of your sins there is nothing more important today than the forgiveness of your sins forgiveness is the greatest miracle that Jesus has ever done it meets the greatest need that we have today it is required the greatest price to be paid and it has the longest lasting effects other than any other thing that Jesus can do for us today forgiveness is priority number one now Was Jesus concerned about this man's physical well being? Of course he was, because he loved him. But Jesus' top priority for him and for you and for me today is the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus is in the business of forgiving. Jesus is in the business of saving souls. Jesus is in the business of forgiving sins and giving you a second chance and making you a new person. Jesus is in that business. That's why he came to seek and to save the lost. The fact that we have physical ability today is an added benefit and an added blessing that only God can do for us, but his purpose for you today is forgiveness. There's nothing else matters today greater than forgiveness of sin I've shared with you the past two weeks I'm going to share it with you again any other need that you may have today the Lord is more than enough to take care of but it's not as important as forgiveness Amen. amen that financial need that you have can the Lord take care of it of course he can but you're not going to be able to take those finances to heaven That job need that you have today, is that important? Of course it is. Can Jesus take care? Of course he can. But you're not going to be working that job in heaven. The physical need that you have today, can Jesus heal you? Of course he can. But in heaven, we have resurrected bodies. There won't be no more physical needs. But if you don't get to heaven, you won't get that resurrected body. That's why the most important thing today is the forgiveness of your sins. I told you the past two weeks, I'm going to share with you again, the only thing today that you take to heaven with you is the person sitting beside of you and people in your life. Guess what? This microphone, not going to be in heaven. This building, not going to be in heaven. My car, not going to be in heaven. My wallet is not going to be in heaven. You know what will be in heaven? Misty, Alex, Hubbard. Judy's definitely going to be there. Hubbard's a little shaky. Judy's definitely going to be there. There's nothing more important today for you and me than to make sure we're right with the Lord. So can I encourage you? that if there's sin in your life today, God is calling you to repent. This is your flashing light. Get right. Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And if it was near 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years later, it's all the more near today. If there's any sin in your life today, any wayward thought, any wrong action, any past regret, can I encourage you today to get right with the Lord, to seek forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. Forgiveness is easy to do, y'all. Amen? The hardest part about forgiveness is knowing that you need it, is realizing, I'm that sinner. That's me. I've done all this good stuff in my life, but gosh, that's me. I look really good on the outside, but man, my heart is far from the Lord. If God is speaking to you today, yesterday, tomorrow, anytime, and He's calling you to repentance. He's calling you to forgiveness. Do not delay. Do not wait. Don't say, We'll do it next week. We'll get it right next time. I'll try better. I'll try to do better. No, you're not going to try to do better because even if you tried to do better, you wouldn't do better because you can't forgive yourself in your own power. You needed forgiveness done for you. There had to be a price, there had to be death, there had to be blood and that was paid through the sinless life of Jesus Christ for you and for me. So today, if the Father, if God in heaven is calling you to forgiveness, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. There's nothing more important today, nothing more important than your forgiveness. That's why Jesus came. That's what all of Scripture is about. You want me to summarize all of Scripture in one sentence? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. I don't care how good you look on the outside. It doesn't matter. Do you look good? Yeah, you look great. How's your heart? How's your soul? Jesus didn't come to heal the man's legs. He came to cleanse his soul. Now, you know the rest of that story, right? Jesus ended up healing his legs anyway. Why? Because he is that that gum good. Because he loves us. Because he wants to take care of us. But his top priority is the forgiveness of sin. Amen? Once your life, once your heart, once your soul has been forgiven and cleansed through the blood of Jesus... That is how you change your outside. That's how you go from me to you. That's how you go from a follower to a leader. That's how you go from duty to devotion. That's how you become an ambassador for Christ. You can try to do it yourself as much as you want to, and you will fail. But once that change has been made on the inside, and once God has forgiven and made new, 2 Corinthians tells us that we are a new creation when we are in Christ. Once we have that new beginning and that new life inside of us, that's how our spiritual life grows from the inside out and it starts with your forgiveness of your sin today. Amen. Amen. The second thing, y'all listen, that's like basic Christianity 101. I was talking with Alex one day. I was talking about some preaching ideas and I told her, I said, listen, I I feel like I preach being in Christ all the time. And she said, is that a bad thing? I said I don't know. (laughs) I said I don't know. I said I think the people may want to hear something different. And then I told her these words. Maybe it's not a bad thing. Because if we need to be reminded to be in Christ, if forgiveness is that important to the Lord, it should be that important to us every single week here and every single day in your life. I feel like forgiveness is something we kind of look over. It's the biggest thing that we need today, but it's the most overlooked thing because we're worried about all of our other needs that we have. When the greatest need that we have today is the salvation in our life. Um, So, don't get mad at me if I preach being in Christ all the time. Because we all need to be in Christ all the time. Amen. All right, the second thing we see that Jesus does, that Jesus can offer us, that Jesus can do for us on the inside. He forgives and he can also fulfill. He can also fulfill. Mark 2 starting in verse 15, says this. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does uh, does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Verse 17, on hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous but the sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting... Some people had asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? And Jesus drops this bomb on them. Jesus answered, how can the guest of a bridegroom fast while he was with them? They cannot so long as they have him with them, but the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and on that day they will fast. Verse 21, no one sews a patch on unshrunk clothes Uh, uh, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth cloth on an old garment Otherwise the new piece will pull away from the old Making the tear worse Verse 22 And no one pours new wine into old wineskins Otherwise the wine will burst the skins And both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined No, they pour new wine into new wineskins What in the world is Jesus talking about there? Doesn't that sound like he's just making up stories? <laughs> How come they're fasting and you're not fasting? Let me tell you about my clothes. <laughs> Look at this shirt. You wouldn't put a new patch on this old shirt. Let me tell you about wineskins. You wouldn't put old wine and new wineskins. It seemed like Jesus is kind of off topic there, kind of like, what are you talking about, Jesus? However, people in this day would know exactly what he's talking about because They knew about cloth and garments. They knew about wine and wineskins. For it was up to us uh, today, we have to dig a little deeper to find out the culture, to learn who's Jesus talking to, and rely on God's help to help us understand what Jesus is saying. And here's what I believe the Lord is saying here in this passage. Uh, One, Jesus can forgive us on the inside. Two, Jesus offers you fulfillment on the inside. And we see that here In this passage, Jesus picks three different characteristics, three different comparisons. He compares himself with three different things and how he can fulfill us. The first one, he says in verse 17, he compares himself to being a doctor. Remember, he says, I didn't come to call the righteous, but I come to call the sinners. I didn't come for the healthy, but I came for the sick. Jesus is comparing himself and what he can do for you to that of being a doctor. Can I tell you this morning, can I share with you this morning that whatever your biggest need is today, Jesus is more than enough to take care of that need today. Jesus is simply saying this, whatever it is, I'm there for you. If you have a physical need today, you're going to go to a doctor. They may not be able to help you out, but they'll send you to another doctor. And then another, and you finally get your specialist, and that specialist will take care of whatever your problem is. Jesus is saying the exact same thing. Whatever your need is today, I'm here for you. I'm with you. I got the diagnosis. I got the cure. And Jesus is so good, he pays the, pays the medical bill at the same time. Jesus says, I got it. Whatever it is, I got it. Whatever you need, I got it. I'm with you. I'm a doctor. I'll make house calls. I'll come to your house. I'll fix you. I'll take care of you. I got you. However, there are three types of people that Jesus can't help this morning. Real quickly, number one, those that don't know Jesus, Jesus cannot help. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is it that people don't know Jesus can help them this morning? It's not them, us. The word says that judgment starts at the house of the Lord. If there's anybody in your life today that does not know the power of God and what God can do through them today, that's on us. That's on us to share the good news, right? That's on us to share what God has done through us and how God can do the same for them. People that don't know the Lord, he cannot help them. Number two, those that refuse to trust him, he cannot help. And number three, those that don't admit that they need him, he cannot help. That goes back to point number one. I'm a good person. I don't need the Lord. I'm doing my own thing. I'm in good shape. If you don't know you need the Lord, the Lord cannot help you today. The second thing Jesus uses, the second comparison that Jesus uses to compare his life and his mission today is that of being a bridegroom, is that of being a groom, a husband. All throughout the Old Testament, we see the relationship between God the Father and the Israelites is being that of a marriage, as being that of being a husband and the church being the wife. Today, you and I, we represent the bride of Christ. We represent the bride of Christ. He represents the groom. He's the husband in the relationship. You and I today as the church, we will represent the bride of Christ. What Jesus is simply saying there is, I got you. I got you. I'm your husband, I'm your man, I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to love you, I'm going to provide for you, I'm going to protect you, I got you. Now some of you may be thinking, I was married one time before, that junk didn't work out for me at all. I'm thinking, my husband didn't do that. Well that's because your husband had a sin problem, like we all do. Our groom in heaven has no sin problem. Our groom in heaven has all power, authority, and wisdom today. We can trust him to take care of us the way a husband should. We can trust him to provide for us the way a husband should. We can trust him to protect us the way a husband should. In 2009, I got married To the luckiest young lady I've ever met in my life. I said it. Where's she at? She's outside? Hey, I'm so lucky. I love you. (laughs) On May 30th, 2009, standing on the beach, sand between my toes, I told Callie, I do. We went through all those vows. You know what they are. She said, I can't wait. I said, me either. <laughs> Let's get married. On that day, her and I joined two lives together. Amen? There was no more Callie and Michael. There was Callie and Michael. Does that make sense? Everybody follow? Everything that she had was now mine. All of the, everything I had was now hers. She had access to my Xbox. She had access to my extensive WWF VHS library, all my Hulk Hogan videos. She had access to it all. She had access to all my Michael Jordan shoes. She had access to it all. The same is true in our relationship with the Lord. Once we have our lives together, Guess what? All he has is ours. We have access to it. He's here to love and to protect and to provide for you the way a husband should. He's here to give you whatever it is that you need in your life. You need some love, you got it. I got it, you got it. You need some forgiveness, I got it. You need it, you got it. need some grace, need some direction, Need some hope, need some healing, need some peace. I got it, and now it's yours too. We see Jesus compare himself to a groom. And what better person to spend our life with? What better person to connect our life to than the one that's got every single thing that we ever need and the one that don't mind giving it? Amen. The last thing we see that Jesus compares himself to is wine and wineskins. Jesus says you can't put old wine into new wineskins. It'll bust the, the skin. What Jesus is saying there is simply this. When you're with me, when you're married to me, when you're in a relationship with me, I'm not here to make you a better person, of, a better version of who you used to be. That old wine, we're not putting that in the new you. We're putting the new wine in the new you. Jesus didn't come to make you a better version of who you used to be. Jesus came to make you a new version, a new person with a new heart, a new life, a brand new creation today. The old life is gone. We're not bringing the old into the new. We're not bringing the past into today. That old is gone. Jesus says, you are a brand new person brand new. You have a new heart. You see things different. You think differently. You speak different. You act, Your actions are different. You go different places. You don't say the same things. You don't think the same way. You don't live the same way. We're not bringing that past into the new. Jesus forgave the past. Jesus erased the past. And now Jesus is saying, I'm with you Today, Your new is today. Jesus came to bring forgiveness on the inside, and he came to fulfill you today from being your husband, for being your provider, for being your protector, and being the one that gives you a new life. You're serious about growing in your faith. Then it starts on the inside. It starts with finding forgiveness in the Lord, and was to let him fulfill our lives and hearts today. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together. Come on up, man.. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you again for today. God we thank you for your word. Thank you that your word brings life. Thank you what your how your word changes our life. Lord, we thank you that we can find hope and direction in your word. And Lord, we thank you that your word points straight to you. God, I pray today. I pray today. If we have sin in our life today, God, I pray that we will seek you for forgiveness. Lord, there's no greater need that we have today than the forgiveness of sin. So God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and speak to our minds. If there's sin in our life that we don't know about, God, I pray you'll point it out. If there's sin in our life that we do know about, God, I pray you will break down any pride, you will break down any emotion, anything that is stopping us to seek you for forgiveness. God, I pray today for my brothers and my sisters that I love, that I care about deeply, and for myself as well. God, if there's anything in my life that we need to remove, God, we want to give you a second just to speak to us. God, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving us time and time again. As we sing this last song, um, if you want to come up front, old school style, altar style, and pray, I want you to know that the altar is open. You are more than welcome to come to the front, to kneel and to pray if you feel led to do so.